Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Welcome to the PHNX Wildcat Show. Shout out to OG's Brands, of official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. Head over to OG's Brands. Head to see their full lineup, including their two newest gummies, the OG's Naturals, the big OG's, and find uh, to find out where you can purchase all kinds of good stuff. Now, Joined by the man that is synonymous with Arizona basketball is about anybody outside of maybe Lute Olson and a eh, maybe a couple basketball players, the great Ryan Hansen. Hello, Rhino. How you doing, bud? Mike Luke, it's great to see you. Uh, it's Friday. The sun came up this morning. FYI, in case you didn't notice after last night's loss, the sun did come up. So I'm still feeling all right. Right now, we, all right, we're going to talk about this. We need to put things in perspective first. And I always get people all the time that are like, Mike Luke, you're supposed to be a journalist. Why are you just pushing? I'm in a different profession. I can back the A to the fullest, but you know, we try to be objective here. Here at the end of the day, it's this Rhino. This is still a team. There's probably what eight to 10 teams in the country that can win a national championship. Guess what? Arizona's one of those. Guess what? If they beat Washington, they're probably going to fall to like seven or eight in the rankings. We need to put things in perspective. Sure. There's some, there's some concerns, but overall we're still in a pretty good spot. And let's get real. Are the concerns that we have after last night's loss new ones, or are they ones that we've had maybe for the last two months? And I would argue they're probably the ones we've had for the last two months, if not right. the last couple of years. And we can break that down a little bit more. And But I couldn't agree with you more uh, that it is one game. Uh, it's a different Washington State than what you and I grew up watching when Arizona beat them like a drum 38 straight times. Right. So, so take that out of your mental thought process. Uh, but there, there are concerns, but the ceiling is still very high for this team. And that's where I keep coming back to. Again, this is a team that, again, and I tell people this, I believe that, you know what, they lost in the round of 32. I could see it if they cut down the nets. But you know what, Rhino? I'll take that possibility every single day of the week because there's only about eight to ten teams that you can say that about every single season. Yeah, and you look across the country, right? And and we'll throw the obvious one. UConn gets blasted at Creighton, and people right. would say, well, that was a road game. Creighton's very good. Well, guess what? So is Washington State. Uh, and there's lots of teams that are losing uh, this season. So the separation from the top and the bottom is not as great as it used to be. It's going to be a fantastic NCAA tournament because of that. And squarely in the middle of the conversation is going to be Arizona. And that's just fine by me. Would I love to have a larger margin for error, a team that is blasting the doors off of everybody going into March? 
Right. You know what? You and I have been at this long enough. We've done it every which way but loose. We've been hot. We've been not. We've been rolling. We've had great D. We've had great O. Sometimes you get through and sometimes you don't. Right. And, you know, honestly, this is, again, like this isn't 97, 98, where you know what? You just have overwhelming talent or something like that. This is a very good team, but the pieces need to click. And let's let's start with the obvious at the point guard spot, because, you know, I it, it, you know, what's weird, Rhino. I feel in hindsight, life was easy for me growing up in the 90s. I just felt, you know. All right. Well, we got we got uh, we got Damon. Oh, and then in between, we'll merely have Reggie Geary and then we'll have Mike Bibby and JT and just keep going. Um, you know, that's not the way that it generally works. Um, we were blessed. Uh, what do we at the point guard spot? What do we do with Kylan Boswell? Because, again, we've seen Boswell against uh, obviously against Duke, where it looked like he was the best player on the court. Um, then we've seen him struggle mightily with confidence. And when it looks like you're taking one step forward, you're then take a step back. Where are we at at that point guard spot? It's a great question because when you look at when Kylan's playing well, right? Look at the six game winning streak, averaging 12 points a game, distributing the basketball, shooting at a reasonably good clip. Uh, Arizona's really difficult to beat when Kylan plays average, maybe not even at his best. Uh, that's the most glaring thing for, I think, Arizona fans when they watch uh, Arizona and think what the point guard should be doing. And that's probably my biggest concern. Come in, say, tournament time, when the game gets slowed down, when it's a half-court execute and you need playmakers on the perimeter, does Arizona have enough playmakers? It's not just the point guard. I think there's... That's a 1998 conversation, right? right? right. It's it's about guard play. It's about playmakers, shot makers, guys that you can count on to get their own. And that's something that Kylan still is growing through, getting his own shot. Uh, when he's got that step back working, when he's got the three, he looks really good. But after that, unfortunately, he can't finish at the rim right now. Right. He's got to figure something out. Well, Arizona may not have time for him to develop on February 23rd at this point. So, do I think Jaden Bradley needs a little bit more time? I think he probably could have deserved more time last night. 16 right. minutes is probably not enough for him. Uh, but let's look at his sample size. He's not exactly an 18-point-per-game scorer, and we're just holding him back. Right. Uh, that's a little bit different for him. In a half-court game, is he going to be able to create his own shot, get his own? Look at the ASU game. A lot of his points came in transition. Yep. Arizona was slowed down last night. So it's a little bit of a quandary. Uh, for the Wildcats on the perimeter right now when you think of those half-court style games. What interests me about uh, Jaden Bradley, though, is how he changes the game when he does come in. You you notice him. His hands are his hands are active. He's everywhere. I do like when he does try to push the ball in transition. I think he's pretty good at it. Uh, here's the thing with me with Boswell is that Boswell's shot isn't falling. I don't know that he's never – he's really mastered the ability to be able to still impact in other ways, whereas Jaden Bradley is a player that you know kind of what you're going to get at least from those other avenues. I couldn't agree more that Jaden's figured it out, right? He started his career not as a prolific scorer, so how did he impact the game? And defensively, he is a game changer. And come in, say, tournament time, maybe that's what you need, right? right. You need shot makers, but at the same time, you better stop the other team. Uh, and if Jaden, not if, Jaden's probably our best on-ball defender, yeah. he and KJ, depending on who you're trying, who's yeah, who sure. you're guarding. Uh, but those two guys are game changers. And so we do need more time uh, from both of those guys. You know, Caleb Love, uh, he's a, He's a uh, he's a lightning rod for this fan base, and I don't quite understand why. Listen, I know that he's far from. I know that he's not Khalid Reeves. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not saying that. But man, Rhino, like I said, 
I will take a guy that wants the ball in big moments every single day of the week, and I'll work backwards from there. I mean, I think back to last year. Last year's team, I thought Tommy Lloyd maximized that team, to be honest with you. Obviously, the loss to Princeton was not what you wanted. But look down the, the, the line at that end of the Princeton game. Nobody really wanted the ball which is so unusual in Arizona where you generally have an alpha perimeter player. Caleb Love, good, bad, indifferent. He wants the ball. And let's be honest here. We've seen him make a lot of big shots already in his U of A career. Yeah, when you look at what Caleb Love has brought to Arizona over the course of the season, you said it. You have to take the good with the bad. If you want the alpha, then he's probably going to take a shot. You would rather have him defer. Right. Uh, do you want LeBron or do you want Michael Jordan? And, and I'm right. not saying that Caleb Love is in that category. That's exactly just, what you're saying, right? <laughs> be careful. Don't put that in your little snippet on social For media. Sure. Uh, but when you look at what Caleb has done, I would rather have Caleb on our team. Uh, yes. You know, if you if Arizona, and this is ifs, and I know fan bases are, are, are wildly crazy about these ifs. If the Wildcats secure a defensive rebound after that first missed three with 30 seconds left in the game last night, Caleb Love had his hands on it, right? He grabs it, he goes, makes two free throws, Arizona wins, and we talk about right. Caleb Love got us back in the game, made big shots, had the and one to win the game. We're all praising Right. the alpha dog, instead of looking at the last possession saying, oh, Umar Bala was wide open on the pick and roll. By the way, Jason Shear posted some stuff. I saw Shane Dale post some good stuff. Problem right. was is that Caleb couldn't see him. He couldn't he see was him. He guarded pretty well. In front of him. Yeah. yeah, Oscar Clough was right in front of him. Should Caleb have passed it on the very last play before he traveled? Yeah, possibly. Right. Uh, but would you rather have Caleb if let me ask you this one would you rather have Caleb driving it to the rim hoping to get fouled or Jaden Bradley taking a 3 in the corner to win a game Right. I mean, that, that's exactly where I'm at with it. And here's the thing, too. We've seen it time and time again. Now, is he Michael Jordan where it just feels like he makes everything at the end? No, but we've seen enough shots where I go back to that Utah game where Caleb Love couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And, and then but man, in those triple overtimes. The dude making the shots was him and Pella Larson. He's got a weird ability. So again, I'm I'm totally cool with it. Again, yeah, uh, some of know. his some of his decision making. Yeah, I I would much rather have him drive to the rim than settle for a three. Well, he was trying to do that last night. So for all the fans that were mad that he jacked threes at the end of the Florida Atlantic game, right? Uh, what were we doing at the end of some of these other these other late game scenarios? He drove it last night. He tried to get it inside the lane when we were up one. He did not settle for the three. So I saw growth there, uh, but just not able to, to completely finish the job. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk a little Pella Larson here. Um, obviously, I was uh, – I always say, my bad Pella. I was wrong on Pella. I didn't think that Pella would be that good of a player. Pella's a good player. But where Pella's also, I think, where – what I would like to see a little bit more from Pella is if a team's given Pella the open three, take it. I believe that Pella Larson can make that shot. I would like to see him be a little bit more assertive in those because if he's making the open three, Rhino, then he can drive a little bit more. He's not the greatest ball handler in the world, so it makes things a little bit easier for him. My thing with Pella Larson is shoot the ball with confidence because you can shoot. Yeah, be assertive one way or the other, right? right? And I think the pendulum has swung for Pella where last year and the year before he settled for threes and didn't drive it enough. Right. Uh, and then this year it was like, man, when Pella puts his head down, he's difficult to guard. He can throw that lob to Umar. He can get to the rim. He's he's starting to try to finish first, get fouled second this year. That's a good growth part for his game. Uh, but right now it's almost like it's driver nothing. Uh, right. And, and to be a well-rounded player in what Arizona ultimately needs – 
we're going to need guys to knock down perimeter shots other named other than, you know, Caleb love. And right. I, I trust Pella's jump shot, uh, taking open shots instead of passing up open shots. I agree with you. Pella's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Who's the most important player to Arizona's success. That's a big, that's a big question. Is it Kylan? Yes. Is it Pella? Oh, maybe. Yes. Is it Umar? Right. You got to have Umar. So it's the complimentary, you know, additions of all those guys. And Pella's very important. I want to talk to you about Umar here in a second, but first Rhino, have you, when was the last time you've been to circle K Rhino? I was actually at Circle K yesterday. You'd be very, very proud of me. I was driving back from Phoenix before the game, and that is my go-to stop. As it should be. If the great Ryan Hansen is going to Circle K, then everybody should be there. All right. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right, Rhino, you got a kid that's going to be, you got a kid graduating high school, might be hanging out with some of the cool kids. He's a Hansen. I'm sure he's a cool kid. He might be at Illegal Pete's getting some food at some point. Just saying. Just Freshman saying. in the fall. That's going to be a great stop for him. By the way, how, how excited are you? I'm very excited, right? You want your kids to be happy and you want right. them to choose the path that makes the best sense for them. And it's a wonderful thing when those two things converge, where it's right. the best path for him. He made the decision. And oh, by the way, happens to be my right. place. And you know what? Rydell lived a charmed life and he deserved it, as does Illegal Pete's. The college basketball season is in crunch time. Win or lose, Illegal Pete's is here to bring you a win with their legendary sound check deal. Bring in a ticket stub from any uh, Wildcats games that have a, a draft beer or house margarita for uh, a penny illegal pete's wants to celebrate with you whether it's a pre-game or post-game all right check it out down by university illegal pete's your go-to spot for burritos buddies and beer umar ballo we I, i'll <laughs> this this is an interesting one for me and I've, I've been wanting to ask you about this for a while we get people all the time that criticize umar and again i don't want to sit here and say that he's an all-american he's not that i get all that but man for a dude that gets generally 15 and 10 every single game he sure gets beat up a lot yeah, he gets criticized, I think, unfairly. He has his limitations, no For doubt. Sure. Uh, you know, guarding in space, his lateral movement. Uh, but I will say this year, what I've loved so far is that Umar is not on the downturn and getting worn down. Last year at this time, we saw energy levels dropping. We saw him maybe banged up a little bit. Right now, he's on the rise. What mm -hmm. is it? Six straight games with double-doubles. And uh, could he? he's the guy that made the free throws at the end of the game that kept you going. Granted, he missed four early earlier so let's right. let's not lose sight of but that it looks a really more bad confident. Stat, but it, looks it does more look confident. more confident and and i think umar puts so much pressure on opposing defenses uh washington state's size uh neutralized a little bit of his effectiveness they didn't have to foul as much because they have great size but there's so many teams across the country that that thought process that strategy of pressure on the defenses because you can throw it into umar he draws fouls gets you into the bonus earlier is a really good strategy uh in any game let alone tournament time the faster you can get into the bonus Right, exactly. And you know what? He's kind of got a cumulative effect, too, where he just wears on you. I mean, he's one of the bigger guys just physically that I've seen that I've seen here. He just kind of weighs on you. He's heavy. Um, one player, though, I don't know how this is going to work exactly, because I think he's a trump card when he comes in and he's effective is Mount Crevis. When Crevis when when Crevis is actively engaged in the game, it just feels different, Rhino, because I don't know many teams that could bring in a seven foot two guy off the bench that let's be honest with has a little bit of skill as well already. I don't know what his role is going to be cut with March fast approaching, but I'm excited for the future. And I love I think he's an X factor when he's good right now. 
Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the future. He's his best games are are yeah. ahead of him. Uh, I would love a little bit more engagement. I think you, you used the right word there, right? So you look at last night. Uh, Washington State outscored Arizona twenty to five off of the bench, uh, and Mount Crevis was not a factor in that. Right. Uh, Ruben Chenyelu, the freshman for uh, for Washington State, came in and he was the factor. Right, for twelve sure. points, ten rebounds. Like you could argue outside of Jalen Wells, Ruben Chenyelu is the guy that helped win the game for Washington State. Uh, and so Arizona needs more bench production. And Mo Crevis, you got to have production from him. He's going to see minutes in the NCAA tournament just because game yeah. slows down, foul trouble, fatigue. Uh, you need that one-two punch. So Crevis can't be a liability defensively. Uh, and he needs to be a focal point offensively. If he's just out setting screens, right. uh, that's not what his best game is. Arizona needs to focus on getting him the ball with his back to the basket. What do you think? What do you think of what Arizona's lineup when they go small? Um, when you go with the, when you go with key shot at the five, and then you obviously you go Pella, you go KJ, you go Caleb, and you go whoever's having the better game with Jaden or uh, Kylan Boswell. That's something I think we're going to see more come March. I absolutely do. There's very few teams that are as big as Washington State. If we're in, in playing the, the prisoner of the moment question, why didn't we go small last night? It's because Isaac Jones was yeah. playing the four spot and he's an absolute beast. Right. Uh, and they had, you know, 6'11 guy that Umar was a more traditional center. So it, it felt like you had to have Umar play at the end. Uh, but I love that lineup. I love Keyshot at the five and, and then take the other guys and mix and match. Uh, I think that's a speed lineup. I think it's a defensive lineup. It's a sweet switchable lineup defensively. Uh, I think that causes problems for the opponents because of how those guys can put their head down and drive. I, I think that ultimately may be where Tommy's going to have to go. And maybe you force the hand uh, of your opponent if they're big right. uh, just to play small. I'd love to see more of that, those combinations. What I like about Keyshot as well is that I think Keyshot, and again, maybe this is just me from my distance vantage point, I think Keyshawn has more energy in a weird way when he's playing the center position than when he does at the four. And I think a big part of it, too, is because he knows he's the only big out there, that he's got it. So much is relied on him. When when he's out there with Ballo, he's still effective for sure, but it's still more of a drifting. Whereas I notice him, like when I, you notice, I've at least noticed him, like in Michigan State game, when he they went small and he was out there, he was one of the best players on the court down the stretch. I It feels like he feel like there's more that he needs to exert when he's the big man out there and honestly he's another guy rhino i believe for arizona to reach his potential i don't need 20 and 10 but i got to get 14 and 8 out of him in big games i got to get 14 and 8 because he's more than capable of it everything you said i couldn't agree more with especially when you look okay so arizona goes small offensively umar balo is not in the middle it opens up the lane area for rim runs for Keyshad to really attack the glass attack right. the, the basket that there's an opening there defensively he's bouncy right he's right. all over the place he creates a different defensive matchup for a post player uh defensively that sometimes those smaller guys just bug bigs it, it, they just get up under them into their space and that bothers them uh but key's got to be key has to be engaged yeah. You know, you said it. Arizona does not advance in the tournament if he's going for eight and three. That's just not enough. He can't be invisible. Uh, and Arizona's lineup, the way that it's constructed, he he's an X factor. And every expert in the country looks at Arizona and says, that's the difference maker. If they're going to make a run, it's going to be because Keisha Johnson is in the middle of the action.
Yeah, and that's to me where it's a little surprising. And again, I don't want to like make it out like he hasn't been good. He's been fine. But I kind of thought he was going to be this this energy whirlwind type guy. And I mean, we've seen that at times, but that hasn't quite been what it's been. Maybe that was just me expecting something else. I don't know. But I was expecting more of an energy type guy than, than we've seen. And there's been moments where he's done that. I just haven't seen it as much. As Maybe I just not as consistent, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's just kind of where I'm with that. Now, one guy that I... The only thing I'm worried about here is a Dale and Terry thing where he gets a promise. And KJ Lewis, man, this dude is this dude's a year away from being a massive, massive problem. And this also goes to show you too. And I give sheer, uh, uh, I give sheer crap about this all the time because he and I watched it, and I was like, "That's what a top 15 player is supposed to look like." And he's like, "Oh, he can't shoot or whatever, man." That's this dude's going to be next level. And again, I know that, you know, he's going through some growing pains and whatnot. But but Rhino, you're two of him. Sign me up, especially in the Big 12. Yeah, you, you love the body. You love the effort. You love the energy, the length, the defensive prioritization that he puts on the floor. How many rebounds did he keep alive last night? Does he continue to rip down? Uh, it's just offensively for him. That's the next step, right? Reliable right. jump shot. His jumper is a little slow. Uh, so he's got to have time to get it off. Uh, so what does Tommy need to do now, right, to make him more effective? I'd love to see him more in pick-and-roll opportunities with his right hand. I think him turning the corner on a on a pick-and-roll opportunity from the left side of the floor mm, going yeah. downhill to his right, put Caleb Love in the corner and right. make that defender make a decision because I like KJ's decision-making. I think he's taken care of the ball exceptionally well for Arizona. So I think getting him more opportunities to be successful offensively setting plays for him right. versus you know early in the season it was well KJ finds ways to make plays and he right. does that's one of the greatest things about him is he impacts the game when the play is not called for him but maybe we need to start calling plays that are designed to put him in the best possible position to be successful out of you know you watched all these games up close obviously what did you think when you watch Washington State what do you do they I mean, obviously they are, but do they look like clearly the second best team? Because to me, they look like what about a five seed is supposed to look like in the NCAA tournament. I couldn't agree more. And the reason they're not right now in that position is because they were going through major growing pains in November, December. A, they had a terrible non-conference schedule, so they, their wins don't mean much to anybody. They have some bad losses, lost right. to Santa Clara. Right. So uh, but they were growing Their Their point guard got hurt. Joseph Yesifu yep. started the first six games. Miles Rice was not supposed to be the starting point guard. So it took time for him to evolve into who he has become. Uh, so it's taken time, but they're the hottest team in the country right now. What are they, winners of 11 of 12? Mm. This is not your father's or our childhood Washington State team. When you look at their big three, what's really interesting, Mike Luke, is their point guard, Miles Rice, is a cancer survivor, mm. like recent cancer right. survivor. That's incredible. Like, sure. give that guy major kudos. This For is sure. a team you shouldn't hate, by the way, and here's why. Cancer survivor at the point. Their three-man, Jalen Wells, is a Division II transfer. Sonoma State. Nobody was rolling an NIL dump truck to his house saying, right. come play for us. Right. So great eye for talent to bring him in. And Isaac Jones played eight miles away in Moscow, Idaho for the Vandals of Idaho. He was not getting the Brinks truck either from any team in the country. That's their big three. Right. Uh, it's impressive to watch. These guys, they're actually a team I like because – they're unheralded because they've pulled things together. And those three players, they're difficult to, to match up with on the offensive end.
And they're perpetually going to be a problem for a team like Arizona. And again, problem is relative, obviously. But Arizona wants to get up and down. We all know that. This is teams that can slow it down, teams that can be physical, teams that can be methodical. That's the kind of team that worries me and the team that's got a lot of shooters because there's been times when Arizona hasn't defended the three very well. Those are the two. Honestly, I'm I'm all game for a team that wants to get up and down with Arizona. I mean, how about this? Washington State in two games made 10 threes right total. right so it wasn't the three-point shot like we could say every other game beat arizona purdue right. made 10 stanford, stanford made, 16, made 38 oregon yeah. state made 38 you're right you know <laughs> oregon state made 12 and some really crazy ones there uh from guys that don't shoot it well so i i agree with you the three-point shot is the death nail for many teams come in, say, tournament time. And this year, Arizona, that's been the death nail all season long. But a team like Washington State that can slow it down, has size, can execute offensively, uh, has a three-headed monster. If you just have two, probably not enough, but they had a three-headed monster. Arizona shut down Miles Rice. For sure. Uh, Did a great job on Miles Rice. Incredible. And for a vast majority of the game did a great job on Isaac Jones, right. limited his touches. And then Kyle Smith changed the offense, got him the ball at the top of the key, let him walk, walk himself down and back up Arizona in the post. He became a problem for about a six minute stretch. Right. Uh, but outside of that, I thought defensively Arizona was pretty solid uh, on, on the top two players for Washington state. This is a legitimate team. I think they do look like a five seed, six seed to me. They may not earn that, but if they keep winning, if they roll it off, win the pac 12, don't lose uh, until March, you know, as they're going into the tournament, they'll probably be a five seed. It would not surprise me at all. If Arizona plays Washington state again in the pac 12 tournament, maybe with Ryan Hansen front row, by the way, Ryan Hansen, have you ever won the Arizona lottery? Be honest. If you haven't, boy, if I had, you probably wouldn't be seeing me. Oh, that's that a good point. Right? That means Rhino's a man of the people, just like the <laughs> Arizona lottery. It's about not just about playing games and winning prizes. It's about giving back to the community. Visit azadventures.com for more information on how you can take an, uh, an adventure for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes and maybe hang out with Ryan Hansen if you want to give him some of that money as well. But let's also say that you're not like Rhino and you don't have the best seat in the house right next to the goat. And you're just like, man, I can't get tickets. Game time, my friend. Check it out. Game time. All kinds of good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off if you don't have those Ryan, uh, Ryan Hansen tickets. All right. Now, moving forward, this is simple to me. I need Arizona to, quite frankly, I need Arizona to beat the snot out of Washington. Um Arizona needs to be motivated. If they're not motivated, then we have a bigger problem at hand here. You still have your, you still have your, your goals set. Like I know I, we're getting people on the post game last night. They're saying that we should be happy with a four seed. No, 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 no. You don't go from being a one to a four seed by losing to the 21st ranked team. It doesn't happen like that. But let's be honest here. Washington is a 500 team. They just went into overtime against ASU. I need Arizona to take care of business in this game. I don't want it to be a two-point game at the under-eight timeout, right? Not a defensive juggernaut. Uh, right. They can score. Uh, they're not going to slow it down. Uh, they're going to play with pace. So when you think about that, unless Washington shoots the lights out, which they're not an incredibly great three-point shooting team, they have capable shooters, the style of play suits Arizona's strengths. Right. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I, I need a dominant win. I don't need a 25-point win, but I need a commanding win. That right. could be 15 or 12 as long as Arizona controls the game. And why? I I didn't come up with this. I think it was a Clark Kellogg thing, but uh, February is 
moving month. You're either moving up or you're moving down. Yeah, and Arizona until Thursday was clearly moving up, right? right? Everything they hadn't lost in the month of February. They were getting better. Uh, and, and I still think Thursday, let's not be prisoners of the moment and it's right. not a one game season, uh, but let's not let that become a hangover, right? Don't let one loss or one bad play or one situation become two uh, and, and lose Saturday. Arizona has to control uh, home court. They've got to get back to what they do best and play with pace, get more fast break points than seven. That's right. not enough. Arizona needs fast break points and, uh, Arizona's been held to single digits, fast break points, five times this season. Arizona's one and four in those games. Washington State did it to Arizona twice. Two of the four losses, Washington State held Arizona to single digits, fast break points. That's a recipe, as you said, to how to beat Arizona. Get back defensively. Don't let Arizona get those cheapies. Arizona can get out and run against Washington. That's why I like their chances. You know, I like the prospects of the game. You know, well, let me ask you about that a little bit. Big 12, Ryan, Rhino, and we'll get back to Arizona. How excited are you to be going to some of these venues? Like, uh, I watch uh, every single – I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I watch every single game, and I think about you and the GOAT being front row. I mean, yes. Yeah, Big 12 cares about basketball almost Man. at every single venue. Even even teams that aren't historically significant, like a Central Florida, are selling out. Uh, you know, Cincinnati has, you know, 1950s and 60s success, but not necessarily in Kenyon Martin and nothing else. But right. they care about uh, basketball. And that's what I love where, you know, Washington State last night played in front of the largest crowd that they played in front of all season right. by far. Of course they did because it's McHale, but by far. I mean, they're typically playing in front of what 2,500 people at home 2,500 right. people there will be 2,500 students at every big 12 venue right. from here on out so I love that aspect and I love the iron sharpens iron uh, Mike Luke how about this one I don't love this stat but are you ready the last time Arizona this season beat a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament was December 20th that's wow. a little scary when you think about it, two months ago, Alabama is the last win over a bona fide NCAA tournament lock. And, and you know, you know what's funny about that yeah. Alabama. You know what's funny about that Alabama game? That game was to me a game that Arizona won, but I didn't like how Arizona played in that game. Alabama yeah. missed a lot of wide open three pointers that I remember thinking to myself, "I'm like, if they made these, we the could be in some real trouble." That could have gone the other way. But I guess my point for yeah. back to your question about the Big Twelve is, I think it will make. I believe strongly that it will make Arizona better because they ha they will play games like last night more frequently. And, and I'm a big believer too. Is sometimes you got to get smacked in the face. Um, if you get smacked in the face, listen. If you don't bring it, if you bring an effort like you brought against the stand, like against Stanford, especially that uh, you know that uh, the game in Maples. You're going to lose by 35 points if you bring that kind of effort. I think at that point, too, players have to almost police themselves. Listen, Tommy Lloyd's a great dude. And Tommy, this idea that Tommy Lloyd's soft is not true. If you've been behind the scenes, you can definitely tell Tommy Lloyd gets on his guys. But I also think that Tommy Lloyd also gives these dudes a little bit of freedom to be able to listen. And I can't, I'm not going to yell at you over every little thing. I'm not going to micromanage. The best thing I think for a lot of times players is to get slapped in the face for lack of a better term. And that will happen in the big 12. Just look at Kansas this year. Kansas is at the apex of college basketball for the last 15 years under Bill Self. They're going to finish like third or fourth in the conference. They had a three game road losing streak. You better bring it, man. And you're going to be better for it. And yes. you said it, you're going to get exposed a little bit and then you have to figure out how to, how to, 
block the leak. Right. Uh, and Arizona has maybe gotten away with some things because the Pac-12 this year, not great. So they can just continue to do what they do best, out-rebound teams, score in the paint. If they do that, they're going to blow the doors off people. Well, what happens when you can't do that? When you only win the rebound battle by one over Washington State last night? When you only outscore them by two in the paint? How do you find other ways to win? That is exposed when you play against better quality teams. That's the exciting part about the future. What happened to the Pac-12 and their fan bases? Oh. In the 90s, man, Maples, like we were talking, I was telling, I was talking a story. Um, I'll rem- never forget, Michael Dickerson was shooting a free throw one time at Stanford, and they started chanting out his ex-girlfriend's name. And he was, I remember the quote in the paper the next day, he's like, I had no clue how they knew that. And this is before social media, any of that. So that place was, ra- that place was rowdy. Yeah, Pauly was a tough place to play. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it is now. I can keep going on and on down the list. What happened? A slow erosion, right? There was there was many years where Arizona didn't feel the erosion because when Arizona rolled into town, it was still sold out. Right. So you didn't feel it as much. Uh, but the apathy on the West Coast is, is unbelievable. Uh, and I think we're staring down uh, a lack of historical and generational fan support that other schools have where people don't move and aren't as transient. So they've right. been fans of their, their school for, you know, their grandpa got season tickets, their great grandfather went right. to Indiana, things like that. Uh, where when you look in the Bay area, it's a transient community uh, and, and people are moving in and out of all these other places. Uh, and that's, it, it's, that's the sad part, right? Is that, that the basketball side of things, even football has, has struggled with, right. with fans support uh and you know what this is it right how many more pac-12 regular season games are are out there for arizona four there's only four pac-12 conference games left you know what's weird i tell tell people all the time yeah come on get that math right um listen if you're listen if you're the head of bon voyage travel come on man you got to get that by the way rhino i was remiss at the beginning of the show where can they if they're looking to take a nice little trip maybe with the family with the missus how can they do that, Rhino? You might have a hookup on something. Yeah, yeah. There's two really great ways. One, go to our website, bvtravel.com. That's the best place to start. But if you are a local in Tucson, the travel event of the year is March 3rd at the Hilton El Conquistador. Uh, so celebrate the Oregon Duck win on Saturday. Come out and plan your vacation at the Hilton El Conquistador with us on Sunday, March 3rd. There you go. Very cool. Check it out now. Um Tommy Lloyd gets a contract extension. This was a breath of fresh air with everything that Arizona fans have been through. Tommy Lloyd feels like Arizona. He just does. I think he likes it, to be honest with you. I think he likes being able to go into Bob Dobbs every now and then and have a couple beers and sure some people are going to come up, but it's not like he's going to be swarmed or he likes being able to play pickleball against, you know, friends. He just feels like it's just natural. And I was glad that they paid him. I know fans are like, oh, you know, we we need to see more. No, we don't need to see more. This is the dude you want for the next 20 years. Uh, And I I was just ecstatic when they announced that, Ryan. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we, we needed that security blanket, right, for all of us that have uh, have PTSD from the most recent situations uh, with other sports. And Arizona needed the the continuity, the solidification. Uh, and I agree with you. Tommy Lloyd is, is phenomenal. His record uh, in the three years that he's been at Arizona is unmatched. You can't question it. Um, the, he's a prisoner of his own success, right? Yeah. If he doesn't do what, what he did in season one, no one is mad that he hasn't advanced to the final four by season three. Uh, it's it's because he came out of the gates and, and did such a great job. So kudos to him. Like, let's not be upset about that. Uh, will he grow as a coach? Of course. 
Uh, it took Lou Olson five years at Arizona. Granted, a little different situation maybe, but I wouldn't say the, the, the cupboard was a little chock full. You know, Lou right. didn't have Dalen Terry and Ben Matherin. And, ben and Lindsay didn't give him that? Is that what you're saying, Ryan? Uh, I'm, I'm saying it was a little different situation, but point being, you know, Tommy is Arizona's future. I love your commentary that he he fits. Yes. He's the right cultural fit for the community. He's the right fit for Arizona basketball stylistically. He plays how Arizona fans, how we want to play. The success is going to come uh, in the NCAA tournament. And and I want fans to you know, celebrate and recognize the success that we're having. Enjoy the ride for what it is. Don't, don't be so focused on, on, well, is this team built for X? Enjoy the moment. And, you know, honestly, that's where Tommy Lloyd also gets it. Tommy Lloyd, you can tell, enjoys life. I mean, it, I love watching him before games, talking with the officials. Now, granted, he's, you know, he's doing it to be nice and probably get some calls. But at the same time, I can't remember. It was a couple of games ago. He slapped the guy on the back at the end. And it was just like Tommy Lloyd's having fun while he's doing this. And that's something that's fun to see. It allows for, I think, fans. It allows for a looser style of play. But you know what else, Rhino? He also is taking inventory when he needs to switch some things. Like, look at last year. I mean, we can be honest. Last year's team had nobody that could make break players off uh, off the dribble. You just didn't have anybody. And I don't want to soft is too strong of a term, but pardon the pun, but they needed to get a little bit tougher. So mm -hmm. what do you do? You get somebody in Caleb Love that can beat anybody off the bounce. What do you do? You bring in a Keyshawn Johnson. You bring in a Jaden Bradley. You bring in, obviously, a K.J. Lewis. It just he he's tinkering in ways that a lot of coaches could be, dude. I'm 61 and 11. Buzz off. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. He's all you already see him kind of taking inventory, and that's why I'm totally cool with it. He's not a perfect coach, but you know what? He's also not gonna just stick with something that isn't necessarily working either. Yep. Get out of the uh, the fishbowl, right? You're so close to the situation as an Arizona fan, and and you get hung up on right the success or lack thereof in the NCAA tournament. Step back and look at what the experts are saying about Tommy Lloyd. Every single person, expert wise, thinks Tommy's done an incredible job at Arizona. They understand the situation he came into. They recognize that the success is coming. They see the recruitment. They see the tinkering of the roster. Uh, many folks have even said that Tommy Lloyd is the face of the next generation of college college basketball yeah. coaches. When Bill Self, you know, walks away from the game, Tom Izzo is probably not too far, uh, you know, removed from his time to retire. They're, the next generation of coaches, Tommy Lloyd is going to be squarely in a half a dozen name guys uh, uh, that are the next pillars of the coaching world. Right. Uh, and I want Tommy Lloyd. I, I want him for all those reasons uh, that you mentioned. And he really truly is the same guy off the court that he appears to be. He is, he is all of that. And, and he will grow and he'll surround himself with, with people that are maybe fill in the gaps of his weaknesses and, and he will, he'll get better uh, because he's a competitor. Uh, I, I really enjoy, you know, my time with Tommy. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll say something that I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this, but Bruce Pascoe told me something that I thought was interesting. And we all know Bruce. I love Bruce. Bruce is a unique dude. He just, Bruce is unique, yep. but I love Bruce. I'll always stick up for Bruce. Bruce told me something, though, a while back that he said, you know, because Bruce has covered Jerry Tarkanian when Bruce was 22. He covered Lute Olsen. He covered, he covered everybody. I asked him about Tommy Lloyd, and he's like, you know, he's just kind of a normal guy. You know, he just kind of he's just kind of a normal guy. And, uh, you know, like uh, he doesn't you know, he'll he'll give me grief. He says, I'm not totally, uh, you know, uh, ambivalent to what's going on, but it's in good nature. And he said he's just he's an easy guy to cover. And I and Bruce never says anything like that to me. He always just gives me a very I just thought that was a very refreshing, wholesome remark. He's just an easy guy to cover. I thought that was a very cool remark.
Yeah, Tommy doesn't fixate on things. He doesn't give you the coach speak. He 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 really is, as he says, he's paycheck to paycheck, long neck to long neck. I mean, that's how he lives. And 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 Bruce, uh, God bless the guy. He's trying to just do a job, right. right? And so both guys trying to do a job. And and Bruce does get grief at press conferences sometimes for asking questions in such a way that drives the coach nuts. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as a journalist, he's just trying to uncover rocks and and right. get quotes and comments about things that he feels the fans are asking. Uh, and and Tommy is is not going to buy into that, right? Not going to give the coach speak stuff. Right. And everything Bruce does is it with good intentions. That's always what I tell people. I know that I, I love watching his pressers, you know, but everything he does is with good intentions. So everybody out there, remember that. All right. I got a question for Rhino that I was going back and forth with Kyle Dodd uh, up front or, and a couple other people. I'm curious to get Rhino's take before we sign off. But first, the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app. For at least $5, you will receive $150. 50 instantly and additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome check out the show notes for details and again if you think that i'm an idiot you're probably right go against any of my picks but do it on bet mgm Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope 467 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21-plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. one 800 puerto rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. All right, then one last one. Phoenix Raceway. Get your tickets to the Shriners Children 500 at Phoenix Raceway. March 8th to 10th promises a weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Get your reserved grandstand tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. All right. I was debating this with Kyle Dodd, and I'm curious as to your take. And I didn't uh, tell you this because I was just curious as to the last 30 years of the Pac-10, Pac-12. So 93-94. Who is the best point guard in the Mm. conference in that time? I believe there's only two picks. The best point guard of the last 30 years. I, yeah. I feel like Damon is, is for me, what he did and, and did for Arizona has yeah. to be in that mix. For sure. Um, boy, other point guards. I mean, let's let's think of other schools, right? Baron Davis was pretty incredible. To me, who uh, it came down to, and I might disagree. Yeah, who was your second? Point. Yeah, who are you guys? I, I think it's hard not to put Jason Kidd as one of those two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's it, 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 right. And what he did in his two years, yeah, uh, w- was was unbelievable, and obviously beyond what he did in the NBA. That's a great take. And 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 if I need to win a game, man, I'm not sure I'm not taking Mike Bibby. I'm. I mean, I'm just. I, I I just don't know. But what's wild about it though is I was looking at all the point guards, and like three of the four were Arizona dudes: JT, right. Damon, and Mike Bibby. And I'll probably give. I'll. Unfortunately, I'll probably give Jason Kate a little bit of the edge there just because he was just such a unicorn. Right. But, you know, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I that's kind of what I thought, to be honest with you. That's a pretty good list. I mean, if you're a Washington Husky fan, are you saying Markel Fultz? I'm not. No. I'm, I don't think he's even in the conversation. But, yeah, trying to expand that view of who I else think Thomas was really good. Yeah, uh, he was an Arizona killer. We know that. For sure. Uh, but you're right. How, how incredible is that? And I think that's. <laughs> Not to not to bag on Kylan, and, and let's let's not do that. But I think that's one of the challenges Kylan faces. For sure, is, is a fan base that is constantly comparing every player that's currently here to a former player that was a great, right? Regardless of position, and it just so happens that Arizona has was chock full of incredible point guards. So the comparative narrative is difficult for for anybody to live up to. A Mike Bibby, a Damon, a Jason Terry, a Steve Kerr, like that's pretty pretty hallowed ground that's that's a a pretty good mount rushmore 
Did you know when you were, because uh, you were obviously with the team, did you know what you were watching at the time? Um, Not necessarily the championship. Forget the championship for a I second. Take that away? Um, I don't Just, think so. I think we, you know, we were an incredibly competitive group. We were loose, though. That was one thing that not a lot of people maybe realize is we were loose. It was a fun group. The team, when we played our best through those years of of the late 90s and 2000s, when Arizona had fun, Arizona was really good. Right. Uh, and I don't think I realized the success when you start adding up, the, especially in say tournament success and, and that we were on the porch of so many really big time things. But what you did, you go final four, 94, sweet 16, 96, title 97, elite eight, 98. You're in uh, back in the title game in 2001, you're elite eight, oh, three, oh, five. I mean, right. that's an incredible run that anybody would take right now. Like people would would trade that in. And what people forget, you know, what's funny about the the old era, people always bring up the Brandon Ashley injury. And obviously that was a killer Mm -hmm. injury, but think about in 2000, Lauren Woods, Arizona, Arizona might've been the best team in the country. Steamrolling people. And they were steamrolling. And Lauren Woods, even when he came back as a senior was not as good as Lauren Woods as a junior was Lauren Woods as a junior was just a game wrecker at that point. And so, I mean, you know, it was just a, it was just an amazing level of consistency. Yeah, Arizona. Uh, did I realize it at the time? I don't think I realized. Uh, I realized. It. Did I appreciate it? Yes. Do I appreciate it even more now? I think so. Right. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. So as I get further away from that, those years, you do look back and say, "Holy cow, we, we had it pretty good when it was an elite eight every other year for a stretch of years." What was Miles like behind the scenes? I always, when I watch the Last Dance, I imagine that being like Miles, Michael being Miles to a certain extent. Obviously, not the player, but the one that don't cross me. This is my team. What was Miles like a little bit behind the scenes? A little bit, right? Cocky, edged on, uh, you know, maybe a little arrogant at, at yeah. points, but again, alpha. Right. You took the good with the bad. So I I will argue he was the greatest leader that Arizona ever had. Not the greatest player, uh, but the greatest leader, competitor. I've told this I've told this story to a few people and I'm going to tell it to you now because I led you right into this. I I got to have one conversation with Lute Olson in my life, and this was back in I want to say 2010. I asked him that exact question Mm -hmm. and he didn't uh, he didn't pause. He didn't equivocate. Miles Simon. Uh, when I asked him, I said, who is the best leader that you ever coached? He said, Miles Simon, not the best player, but the best leader. I thought of you or I, I thought of yeah. a lot of people when he told me that I was a cool yep. coach. I think, uh, you know, what's interesting about Miles uh, is he, you, you kind of wanted to hang out with him because he had a magnetism about him because of right. that leadership. Uh, but he, you know, he was very fun in moments, but like he wasn't Michael Jordan that no one wanted to hang out with because right. he just treated you like crap, right. uh, you know, from the last dance. Right. But as Miles has gotten gotten older and removed from it, I think he's developed an incredible soft spot for for what Arizona basketball means right. to him. All right. He is the great Ryan Hansen. Rhino again. Where can they find uh, where can they find travel? Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Where can they find it? You bet. Our website, bvtravel.com. March 3rd, come to the Hilton El Conquistador, the greatest travel event of the year in Tucson. Come see me. I'll be there. All right. Hop on me with the Discord at 1145. I will be in there. But for the great Ryan Hansen, I am merely Mike Luke. Oh, can we get it back to the A? You know what? Sun came up and so did the A. Back the A, baby. Back the A, baby. For Ryan Hansen, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.